The probe has discovered big points, sir. Captain, something strange is happening. Battle station. <laughs> <laughs> Broadcasting from around the globe, three continents to be exact, this is the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining us today is Jeff Strong. Heidi-ho, neighbor. The wonderful Bonzo from Germany. Guten Tag. Down under, we have Jared Morgs. I'm here. And over there, under the giant arch, I'm assuming, in St. Louis, that would be Sean Don Carlos. Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to the Enterprise. Captain, I believe they have evil intentions. Suggestions. Readings indicate nothing, sir. Shall we negotiate? Hold on tight. This could get rough. Fantastic. So, here we are once again, and uh, it seems like there are some happenings in TPA. Go figure. (laughs) We've had the release of Adam's Family, which was... uh, you know, I guess a mildly requested table. I don't know. There, there might have been some people asking for it here and there, but um, that came out. Uh, there was some news that uh, we'll talk to Jeff a little bit more about, but about uh, DX11 finally maybe dropping along with difficulty settings. And most importantly, the advent of the Blockade, Tournament of the Month, and Table of the Week. Ta-da! Anyway... We'll get all into uh, all of that a uh, little bit later, but uh, what's on your boys' minds? Anything? Uh, anything special? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing some things. Um, I've been ruffling some feathers and doing some things. Well, I think I've been ruffling some feathers. Anyhow, I haven't really got a lot of feedback, but yeah, I made a an Android users guide for TPA. Um. The reason why I made an Android user's guide was because um, I've heard on a number of different um, occasions and different um, mediums, I guess you could say, that users of the Android app aren't having a great user experience. They needed some Um, guidance, right? The users needed guidance. And dear listeners, you might be aware that I'm a technical writer in my day job when I'm not being a superhero podcaster by night. So I thought, well, I might as well use my my skills to write a user guide, you know, for free, um, because I do things for free when I'm passionate about something, and I'm still passionate about TPA. So uh, and pinball in general. So I thought, okay, well, let's do this. Um, some of the content of the guide was made by FAQs compiled by me on the site, but the problem with the FAQs is they're buried in the site and they're not really that easily contributed to because, of course, I created them. So if anyone has any tips, they have to sort of put a post in and then I have to update them and, you know, that's not that's far too asynchronous for me. So I decided Ooh, there's to... There's your $10 word for the podcast. <laughs> that's asynchronous. right. Asynchronous for me. So I I said, right, I'm going to do this in GitHub. So I've used a um, writing language called ASCII Doctor. Uh, sorry, ASCII Doc, which is a, a text-based writing language. And that's really easy to for people to write in if they want to contribute or if they don't want to actually write directly, they can just raise bugs against the guide. Um, and 
make it their own. So the idea is that while I wrote it, it's everybody's guide. So everyone has a, a right to update it or improve it or you know look at things that are wrong in it and fix them up. And you know, there's things like a couple of the things that I heard recently was Don and Jeff from the Pinball Podcast that were doing something online um, live, which is dangerous. <laughs> they were trying to use uh, the Pinball Arcade live, and they were they went to a table with a launch button, and it was all the way up the very top of the um, the screen. And they didn't. They were going, yeah, it's really silly how it's all the way up the top of the screen. And I was screaming at the uh, <laughs> as I was riding home on my on my scooter, going, "There's a there's a menu for that. There's a menu for that." So anyhow, I contacted them after the show and I uh, said, "You you know, they, you can actually change that." And I went, oh, "We had no idea you could even do that." So that was case number one. Case number two was um, customers, which I found really was the the motivation for writing the guide is um, Google Play Games on. Um, Android, the way it's been implemented is you've got to manually create a save game um, and keep maintaining your save games on your device. Otherwise, if you do have a catastrophic failure of your Android device and you need to reinstall the app, if you haven't created one of these backups, you lose all of your local database on your device and your local database is where it stores your um, real-time achievements. So I think what's happened here is that when um, Farsight was implementing Google Play Games, they had two choices. They could completely rewrite the way goals were detected in the app and do away with the the save games database. <laughs> or as if that would happen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, that's not that's non-trivial. So what they decided to do was, well, we'll just sort of tack Google Play Games on the top of the save game database, and then let let people use the save and load function to. Um, sort of manage the database um, on their device. But the problem is, until the guide existed, that wasn't really something a user was thinking they'd have to do. They, When they see Google Play Games integration on an app, they think, oh, Google Play Games equals cloud equals I don't need to do anything. And there was nowhere in the app because of the UI limitations that suggested that they actually really did need to do something about that, like really, really for real. Um, so hopefully the user guide spells it out a bit better for them now. So anyhow, there are just a couple of highlights from the guide. Um, the other where can they where can they find the uh, user guide, Jared? Okay, so the user guide is on my my GitHub Pages account, which is jaredmorgs.github.io forward slash um, the Android users guide. But we'll give you the link um, to that in the uh, podcast show notes. There's also a thread in the Android subform on Pinball Arcade fans with the uh, the link to it um, and a bit of an explanation. So yeah, go and have a hunt around in there if you want to have a look at it. And I know for sure uh, one other place if you would uh, follow on Twitter, Jared at Jared Morgs, he posted it to his Twitter account too. That's right. Yeah, I've broadcast it fairly wide on social media just to sort of get the word out there. Hopefully, people will find it useful. Um, and uh, it seems to have sparked a bit of a, a movement in in Pinball Arcade fans because with the new with the arrival of um, Zachariah Pinball on Android um, there are a few problems with setting up the custom cams on that game it's a very very configurable app um, Zachariah and if you haven't checked it out yet on Android you really 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 should it's really good and it's free to play if you don't want to spend any money um, 
Um, although I do recommend forking out 30 bucks and getting the gold pack because you won't regret it. It's very good. Anyhow, um, there were some problems configuring cameras in that game. It didn't really seem that intuitive um, unless you did something very important first. So what one of our forum members did, um, uh, Baron Rubik, created a, a rough-and-ready um, guide that explained how to get the most out of the camera settings. And then one of our other forum members, Knight, decided to do one about tuning because you can actually tune all the physics in this game as well to your liking, and he's um, had a fair bit of experience with, with tuning as well. So there's two more user guides just created in the last couple of weeks. So I, I don't know whether it was related to the work I did on the Android thing or uh, whether it's just coincidental, but it's great to see like users contributing this sort of information because it, it gets you know, makes people's user experience better, and it um, also drives um, uh, the app forward as well. So yeah, good news all around, really. Awesome. Prepare for maximum acceleration. Cruising at warp factor nine. Nicely done. Readings indicate an extra ball, sir. Brilliant. Now, uh, Jeff, you you did a little bit like a tease there, uh, a little bit of rabble rousing yourself. Um, see, Jeff was on the verge of giving up on Farsight, weren't you, buddy? Yeah, I mean. I guess I really haven't played much in the last year or so, for various reasons, but then I started playing again with the the Table of the Week, and at first, when we played Genie, I was like, oh, this is really fun, but then we moved on to, like, Attack from Mars, and I was like, oh, man, this reminds me of, of what I don't like about Pitbull Arcade, you know, <laughs> Why these you games stop? that keep going and going, and just the grinding nature of it, and then I decided, yeah, why don't I go and check out Visual Pinball and see how it's doing these days. Heretic had posted a thread on the forum, you know, what tables were the best these days and whatnot. So I hadn't updated my visual pinball in quite a while. So I did that and I was like, man, it's come a long way in the last year or so. The physics and the tables themselves, you know, playing really well. So I started playing that again. I was like, man, why should I even bother with pinball arcade anymore when I could just play this? You know, the physics are way more realistic. Game times are much shorter the way I like it. So I figured, you know, as kind of a one last last hope kind of thing, I, I emailed Bobby. People were asking about DX11, you know, and they're like, Jeff, ask Bobby again about it on the forum, you know. So so I emailed them about that, and I figured, well, what the heck, I might as well ask and see if there's any chance, you know, any slim, slim chance that maybe they're going to still add some kind of, you know, because we had been asking about this for... Oh, you know, two years at least. Multiple occasions we had asked about it in the interviews, and the, mm-hmm. the questions, you know, were always... You know what, what's up with these um, these tournament settings that you had you'd promised us? You know, with with their own leaderboards. <laughs> well, we, and... we, we'd like to. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, yeah. It's it's something we'd like to do. It's 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 planned, but we're, we're looking into it. Ever went. <laughs> so it's something that was kind of just like a pipe dream, basically. So I figured one last chance I'd ask because what had really inspired me to ask it was I saw that for the Adams family, they had added a separate leaderboard for the gold edition. Oh right. Like, so it's like if they're if they're able to add another leaderboard for that, why can't they add another leaderboard and at least in the pro menu for, you know, some kind of tournament ROM setting or something like that. If they're able to do it for the for the gold ROM, then you know, maybe that's a possibility that they could do it for other things. So that's that's kind of what sparked my question. And, and what like, was the response? The response was fairly positive, actually really positive. Uh, Bobby said that that was actually the reason why they had done the gold separate leaderboard was kind of a test to to do it for the tournament settings. So that's really promising. And he's like, yeah, we're actually going to 
ask you guys to do a poll and we'll vote on eight tables and we'll take those eight tables and we'll we'll tweak them you know not only the ROMs for tournament difficulty settings but also um, you know adjust the outlanes adjust turn the nudge down the nudge strength down and crank up the tilt sensitivity and do all kinds of sorts of physical things too to to make it more of a tournament style you know I hope to hell one of those is Twilight Zone yeah yeah. I mean it's gotta be really needs this desperately so and my understanding uh, with what you had asked him was that this isn't going to be something that's hidden in you know pro uh, table or whatever this is going to be across the board Uh, if you own the table it'll be available to you Exactly, because that's kind of one of the things I asked right away was, you know, is this going to be limited to those tables that just have a pro menu? And he's like, no, no, we want this to be, you know, available eventually for every single table. And it's just in the meantime they have to they have to kind of attack it uh, slowly because it's a, as he said, a, a bit of a workload to just get the leaderboard up for the gold rom on TAF, correct? Yeah, it's a time-consuming process, you know, just to go in and and uh, adjust each table, set it up. You know, not only the ROMs, but uh, the physical adjustments as well. So it's going to take time. So that's why they're going to start with eight tables. I'm sure it's going to be a, a hit because, I mean, even new players are eventually going to get to the point where it's going to become a grind as their skills progress. Right. You know, it's kind of like I, I had said on the forum a couple weeks ago. It's kind of like when you start playing Mario Kart, you know. You start at 50cc, you know, the easiest setting. And at first that's a challenge if you're new to the game. But eventually, you know, you're going to be whipping up on the AI, and it's going to be all right. There's got to be something else. That's why they add in the 100 CC and then the 150 CC. So this is something you could you could think of in in terms of a, another advanced setting to challenge your skills, so to speak. So I think it's a really good thing for the game. I mean, it's for the community in general. I think it's going to be really positive. So yeah, it's, sounds it's great. Great, Jeff. great news to me. So yeah, well, right. way to go, Haslam. <laughs> if I had, if I had I'll be able to play that, Twilight Zone again. If I had had that a week ago for No Good Gophers, I wouldn't have aged three years in about five minutes. Let's let Bonzo tell the story. So um, we've been running the uh, table of the week, and uh, we just recently had No Good Gophers as that table. And I hear Bonzo just about had a conniption fit over it. So... <laughs> Please tell us what uh, what went down there. Say goodbye yeah. to your balls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for me it was a bit like what Jeff said. I hadn't played a lot of pinball arcade for months because uh, I, I somehow I just lost the spirit. But uh, the tourney of the month really was uh, loads of fun. So I thought I should give the table of the week a try, and I played a game of No Good Gophers with my previous record being about 60 million or something um, I ended up playing two and a half hours straight was at around 600 million oh still God. on ball one oh, um, still on ball one oh man uh, around <laughs> the 50th hole um, I guess a, a good dozen of hole in one shot and uh, I looked at the clock and thought to myself oh maybe you should go to bed now <laughs> because it got really late uh, and I thought I should, should maybe look for Heretic in, in the chat room to break a little so I all tapped out of the game uh, Heretic wasn't there so I clicked on the pinball arcade icon in my taskbar and the game crashed oh. <laughs> and that was that 
Oh. <laughs> oh, man. It's hard not to laugh at that, but I can... Uh, <laughs> late at night after having spent two and a half hours? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have thrown something. I'm not that patient. I, that controller, iPad, something would have gone airborne. <laughs> I really didn't have the power to do that, because else I would... My, my pad and my screen would now not be there anymore. <laughs> but I, I really couldn't. I was. Just, I didn't say there wouldn't be side effects. Disbelief. I was totally not able to do anything apart from staring at the screen. <laughs> at that point, his wrists were just imagine. jelly, so he couldn't even like have the strength to throw anything. He was just <laughs> <laughs> just melted into the couch at that point. Well, I'll tell you what. At least on the iPad, after about thirty minutes on a game, like it really hurts your wrists and the yeah. Especially playing in portrait mode, I find, holding it up, you know, like well, that. Well, that, and I've got one of those, um, kind of like those, I don't know that they're really military grade, but that's what they call them. You know, the big heavy, you oh, know, yeah. from six feet and it won't break type of thing. Which is good, because I have dropped it and it hasn't broke, so I mean, it's doing its job. But it makes the thing really heavy. And yeah, after about 30 minutes, it's just like, I don't want to play anymore. My arms hurt. <laughs> I mean, that's obviously not something that Farsight can do anything about, but just, no. it's just one of those things. It's just like... It, it, and the funny thing is that you'd think I'd play on PC more, and I don't. And I don't really know why. Because it's even easier? That's the problem. You know, I was watching some of the Papa tournament from this weekend in Louisville. They were playing Funhouse, and the commentators were talking how 26 million was a good score in this tournament. And I was just like, oh my god, that's like... 26 million is awesome on Funhouse, usually. If you, if you don't get 26 million in the pinball arcade on ball one, you like restart and start over. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's a travesty, man. They, they played Funhouse in the finals, too. I just saw that a few hours ago. And uh, two of the four players, which were the four best players in the world right now, uh, scored... I think one was close to 60 million and one was about 65 million. And watching these games, what they did was just incredible. So um, you can put up these numbers in TPA, I think, quite easily, but not on a table in a Papa tournament. No and way. I would love that difficulty for TPA so much. Have Papa mode in TPA. That'd sort them in from the boys. Yeah, why don't they get. <laughs> To have the official sponsor, I mean, that would be so awesome to incorporate it like that with Papa. How good would it be, yeah. Yeah. I think you're also dealing, though, with just that there's not, uh, you know, obviously with a, a real physical machine and the infinite point of contact and ball spin and uh, rubber all, you know, all the, wear. All the lovely quantum physics. That kind exactly. Of all those variables you just can't program in into a video game. I mean, I do think that uh, the... Biggest thing that Farsight could work on to improve that would be putting in ball spin. That would, in and of itself, change up so much in that game because mm. no longer would everything be on uh, on rails. That and the just I, I don't need like huge randomization, but just vary the kickouts even just a little bit. Sure, because that what kills a lot of the tables is that you can you can basically when the ball comes out you can choose which flipper you want on it on and it goes there 100% of the time. The fun house they were playing at, at Papa, if you were to hold the right flipper up on the right kick out, it, yep. would, it would bounce straight off of it and go right down the middle of the drain <laughs> oh. every time. So so that was something that they all learned like the first game because everybody did it and it drained on them all right away. So they're like, okay, that's the way this kick out's going to be. Right. You know? So you pretty much had to you know 
Yeah, see, and, that's cruel. Somebody had to have adjust. They had to have their tech adjusted to do that. <laughs> yeah. Of course, if you're in Papa Finals, you should assume that the things are all going to be evil bastards at that point. Oh yeah. But in terms of ball spin, I mean, that's one thing about uh, visual pinball and also time shock. That flipper physics. Yeah, and the flipper physics. It really adds a ton to the variety, the randomness. And yeah. it really keeps you on your toes, and that's something that TPA just doesn't have. So, like you said, well, you know it, where I realized that it was an issue was when we were playing uh, Attack from Mars for the table of the week, and I'd never, uh, I'd never really played that. Like, sat down and played that table to try and do well on it. It was just always one of those tables that I just kind of batted around and went, eh, you know, it never thrilled me that much. But so, as I'm trying to accomplish wizard goals. And I'm trying to nail the right ramp from the left flipper. I realized that there was nothing I could do from a caught ball to make that shot. It was absolutely impossible. Um, I mean, I tried every single you know, increment variation of where the ball was on the flipper before flipping it. And I started asking around to some other people, and they all said the same thing. They go, yeah, you cannot make that shot from a caught ball, which is just asinine to me i mean it, it's 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 a ramp not all the way to the side or anything it should be more than attackable from a from a thing instead it i learned how to do it always from a rolling ball but that's the kind of thing where it's like you know what it was just off whatever degree uh when they did the tuning um and it was probably one of those things where it was either we sacrificed the shot here in favor of some other shot or we sacrificed that shot you know, it, it, it's kind of like maybe this either or. I don't know. It's one I'm of trying that... to think if I've ever done it on a real table, though. Of course, the Attack from Mars, I usually just because that table is so much flow. I usually just let it. Yeah, you know, I don't play that one in a trap style. I usually just let the the, the thing go as fast <laughs> as it wants. But I'll have to try that the next time I'm, I'm at a real one because I don't. I mean, I'm sure you can. I don't know why you would be unable to but right the only thing i can think of is you've got the stroke of luck shot right there and you've got the right orbit right there and maybe you know just because those three shots are going to be really close together on the flipper because they're really i mean they're almost the same angle right maybe it can't tell although that's the thing though you'd think you'd have a harder problem on a rolling ball because it's moving faster you'd think it'd be easiest for it to tell the difference from a caught ball because it'd be moving the slowest once you you know finally let go of the flipper to take the shot. <laughs> so I, yeah, I I don't get that at all. It should be easier from a caught ball. So that's the kind of thing that that's where it's like there are certain physics in TPA that just drive you up a wall where you're just like, oh come on, this shouldn't <laughs> happen. You know? My favorite are the uh, the uh, ramps and TZ and Medieval Madness where you, they're they're visibly accelerating. Like there's a, there's gravity warp there. Oh, I was going to say, my favorite is in uh, uh, Medieval Madness when you get the ball, do a slow roller near the catapult, and it magically gets sucked in. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's always my favorite one. I was like, wait a second. And we're hey, now uh, just going to put the ball here. <laughs> <laughs> because we feel like it. <laughs> this is what well, you're you aiming for, right? <laughs> I was going to say, you can also really see it in uh, Centaur. When it goes um, out the out lane, it's going to do the little bounce to oh, maybe yeah. go into the in lane, and all of a sudden just magically goes whoop, over, and you're like, wow. Yeah, balls yeah, that's well, that I think is because there's the gates issue. there, because yeah. they, they program the gates so that the balls don't get stuck in them. Have you seen so, that same so, behavior on. Because firepower hole. will do it too. Yeah, black hole too. 
uh, if you have a look at black hole, when you if you do a soft plunge and it just makes it up to the um, the top rollovers, it goes warp and it, oh, it just <laughs> flies through there. It's like it's got an accelerator magnet underneath there. It's pretty pretty noticeable. Speaking of yeah, rollovers, that, that's deliberate. That's another thing about visual pinball: the rollovers, that the ball actually bounces around in the rollovers and kind of jiggles around like it does on a real pinball machine. It's something you don't see in TPA. It just kind of like selects a lane and goes down it. You know, especially like on EMs, when if you play an EM with those top rollovers, in real life it'll it'll bounce around, and then once it goes in the lane, it'll kind of jiggle down, and then you know it doesn't just like suck down through it. So that's you another know, it thing makes me that wonder if their pinball if, really gets right. If they have a uh, setting for the rubber, in terms of like, is are all their rubbers set to the same uh, elasticity and bounce, or is it adjusted? Because I mean, there again on a real pinball table. You know, just the little donuts that go around uh, certain posts. You've got your thicker rubber compared to your thinner rubber, and it's going to cause a different kind of bounce. Um, like rubber, whatever you want to call it, buddy. Maybe <laughs> I didn't say there was Trojans on the table. <laughs> uh, I had to. You were making yeah, it. Yes, I know. I was dangling it out there in front of you. Number of times <laughs> you've uh, said off-color things to me, I have to, you know, catch up. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of off-color things. Yeah, I think it's time for us to get lost in the zone with Sean. Are you ready to battle? That's not awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Says you. <laughs> what have you got for us this time, Sean? All right, we got two things for you. We'll do the uh, the smaller one first. Um, Color DMD, uh, which is a company that like its name, makes LED color display, multicolor displays for pinball machines. Just announced their 18th title. Uh, whoever's doing the coloring for them has been really busy lately. And it happens to be ACDC, which I own. Um, so, of course, I, I get the... you know Because I bought the one for the Twilight Zone. Uh-huh. Um, so I... I get their emails now, you know, I'm, I'm on their list, and so they, uh, they send me thinking, hey, ACDC, it's like, oh great, I own an ACDC. Now, do I part with the 400 bucks for the thing or not? Um, so I did. It's supposed to get here next week, but the, um, the, these things, um, you'd think, you know, okay, big deal, it's a, it's a, a DMD in color, and we had the discussion last time about how most, you know, most of us when we're playing, we're not even really looking at the DMD that much. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, this is kind of a thing where it's it's more for the audience than for the player itself. But um, CP Pinball, a lot of their machines now have color DMD displays in it, and it really you you once you've seen the machine with it in there, like every other machine that doesn't have one, you're like, I I can't play this anymore. This is this is too blah. This orange is making me ill. <laughs> um, yeah, done pretty much. Pretty much all of the major tables they've they've um they added stern support not too long ago, and so a lot of the white star and Sam machines, which previously were not compatible with the thing um you can put them in now and so they've done they've added the Simpsons pinball party and Lord of the Rings, which looks bloody awesome in oh, so sweet. Uh, a lot of the Stern machines really take to it well because the thing with the Stern machines is they like to play video, like little animation clips and stuff, more than the old machines did. Mm. And when all you've got is four different shades of orange, it's really hard to see what's going on. But now that you've got all this different color that you can play with, it's it's like oh, I never, you know, I never knew it was doing that because it just looked like an orange blob whenever I looked at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. 
but uh, just was going to talk about them for just a little bit. Um, basically, it, these things are like super easy to install. It's actually, a, from what I understand, it's actually a laptop screen. Because when you get it out of the box, it actually looks like one. Um, the displays are much bigger than the actual DMD is vertically. Um, you know, a DMD is, is mostly horizontal, and, and it's much narrower in the vertical direction. These things are actually like 17-inch laptop displays, and they just don't use the top and bottom part on most of the tables. Um, but yeah, you literally you unplug the the old DMD, you you disconnect the cables, you put the new you know new one in, you hook up the new cables. The other thing is it's low voltage, so you don't have to worry about connecting it to your driver board and all the different various voltages that the different pinball uh, manufacturers used for their displays. You just connect it to your 5 or 12 volt power supply and off you go. Uh, literally, I put the one in Twilight Zone in about 10 minutes. And that's because I was being really careful about it and kind of looking at it because my Twilight Zone's modded all to hell. And Just because there's a wire there and it says it's this, that doesn't mean that that's really what it does anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they've done 18 games now. Um, everything from Scared Stiff to Monster Bash to Medieval Madness. Um, they got some stern titles in there. And even some kind of second tier ones. They put Judge Dredd in not too long ago. Um, which isn't why. Well, you want to you you know what the deal is with that? Because the uh, one of the guys that uh, is you know one of the co-owners of Color DMD, uh, Chris Enright, he is the guy that runs our pinball league that I'm in. Oh, it is a small world. So uh, we get previews of <laughs> Color DMD all the time when we're <laughs> it's like if somebody owns that machine and they've just finished the coding for it, it's going to be at our pinball league, and they're like, oh, check it out, you know, what do you guys think? And, you know, everybody gets a comment on it, and then they can Ooh. tweak it, whatever, if they need to. But um, I overheard the conversation one time when somebody was asking, you know, how do you decide which machines to do and which to not? And it was basically, well, if somebody wants to take the time to figure out the colors for all the animation, and they want to take it on as their own little project, then we let them. Because it's like, you know, I mean, it is labor-intensive. They basically, um, they can do, like, 85 90% of the animation in X period of time. That remaining 15 to 10% of the animation coloring takes the exact same amount of time. Yeah, that's any development. 80% <laughs> of it will take 20% of the time. 20% of it will take 80% of the time. So they have they have tables that they themselves, you know, uh, have every intention of doing, knowing that, you know, they'll probably make enough, you know, be able to sell enough for that particular table. But then they'll get, you know, people that are requesting for other tables, and it's like, well, hey, if you want to um, if you want to have a crack at it, and then these are obviously people that they know and trust. Well, right. Um, but I think that would explain why you get something like Judge Dredd being done by them. Well, and they actually did uh, Pinball Magazine, that uh, Dutch outfit that uh, I haven't really heard much from lately. I hope he's still publishing, because it was really an awesome magazine. Um, they had an article about Color DMD in their first issue, and their question came up as, hey, why aren't you doing Twilight Zone? Because this was when they were still doing all Williams machines. Right. And uh, the, they actually discovered when they were trying to do Twilight Zone that unlike the other games of that era, Twilight Zone layers things on top of each other. It's like when you hit the rocket, the little rocket animation goes off in yeah. front of whatever it was doing before. 
Oh, okay. So it doesn't send full frames to the DMD to do that. It it does it by layers, and that screws with however they, however the processor determines what color things should be. Oh. And so that's why they haven't come up with because everyone's asking. It's like you've done all the other major tables. Where the hell's TZ? Because you know that's what, another table that would take to the treatment really well. And it's it's a technical problem because TM, uh, TZ's doesn't work the same way as as everything else. Um, mostly because of that rocket. Uh, there's a few other <laughs> where it does it, but it, uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of now. I got mine just set to white. Uh, that's the other nice thing with these displays is even if you got a game that's not supported, uh, they have a thing called Sigma, which is basically like your your universal ROM, and it can it's still single color, but you can change the color to any one of I think. <laughs> I think it was 49 or 50. They, they upgraded every so often and add more colors. But you could make it, I mean, you could make my, like my TZs black and white, like the old television show was. Uh, and you can see that on the on my blog in the forum. There's a picture of it next to ACDC. Um, the other thing is, and this is, I mean, they've done this for a while now, but let's say you buy a, a, a Adam's Family one. And for some reason, you you decide to sell your Adams family and get something else, like I say, a medieval madness. You don't have to buy a new display; you just flash the ROM. Um, uh. So actually, when you buy the displays, they don't actually have the code for their game loaded on them. They all are that basic universal ROM, and then you just download the uh, the display ROM from the their website, flash it in, off you go. It's literally just like flashing a machine. It's the same thing, thing, you know. Oh, Plug it in, cool. hit load, off it goes. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, and this was not a paid advertisement. Um, no. But <laughs> if you do have a, if you do have a, a pinball machine and you want to jazz it up a bit, uh, I, like I said, I've got one for TZ. I'm getting one for ACDC, and CP Pinball has a whole bunch of them, and it's nice, high quality product. I don't think I've ever seen one break yet. So. Uh, if you're in the market, Sean, how do they? Um, uh, good question. Is how do they compare to a gas plasma display in cost? Are they double or about the same? Uh, color DMDs are four hundred dollars. Uh, they're going to be the gas plasma. Plasma is about one fifty two hundred. Okay. One of the um, one of the reasons for that, I think, a lot of it's to kind of recapture the time. Um, yeah, totally. Spend the coloring that. process. As far as brightness and stuff, they're not quite as bright as plasma. They don't have that kind of neon-y glow that a plasma does. Mm. But they're certainly bright enough. I mean, I've never had anybody complain that they can't see one. That uh, could arguably be a feature, though, because then you wouldn't have so much playfield glare, right? They are adjustable. There's there's three or four different brightness levels. Um, mm. Now, obviously, it kind of depends too on what color it's displaying at the moment. If it's white, it's going to be, you know, it's full output. If it's some dark blue or something, it's going to be a lot dimmer. Yeah, but the um, yeah, it's it's uh, they've got some other features there. You can let it do dots. You can do scan lines like the old school television did. You can have it do this interpolation thing where it kind of fills in the spaces between the dots. Um, Which works yeah, so really well on the Simpsons uh, table. Yeah, I think I don't care for it. I like my dots being dots, but I know a lot of people who who think it's great. Um, there's like two or three other modes to it. it they add new features to this thing all the time, um, most of which are backwards compatible. Not all of them, but most of them the old devices will do. And uh, 
the other thing that I I thought was neat was, um, you know, I just said that before they had the extra, you know, the top and bottom parts of the display that they're not using. That is not entirely true because if you replace an Adams family, the lamp board for the thing lamps is actually attached to the DMD. Ah, take that out, and if you tell it it's an Adams family, it will look for the lamp board signals and put little yellow squares back behind the inserts for the thing letters. Oh, oh, and sweet. so it's still uh, you don't have to sacrifice your thing letters because the the board is big enough that the, you can't physically have the original lamp board and the the color DMD in the, the same time. Um, so imagine things like any of the, that era game that has that sort of array of lamps down the bottom. If it does get a um, a color DMD mod down the track, you can expect that same behavior. Yeah, a Dracula, uh, and f- I think it's Dracula and Doctor Who. They wouldn't because they're flashes, aren't they? Yeah, and somebody's actually developed a a mod that you can do to the board to let the color DMD fit in there, but it's kind of kludgy, Mm. Uh, and it's an irreversible change, so you're you're potentially affecting the resale value of the machine at that point. But, um, yeah, Adam's family is really the only one that is so far. The only other, most of the machines that have that are like Earthshaker and Whirlwind, or they have the, the jackpot values down there. Yeah, true. They got away with that once they got the DMD. Generally, because you could you could put that information right, info on the and, and save your you know seven lamps and the wiring and all those other wonderful <laughs> manufacturing costs. Yeah, true. Like, save that fifty bucks. Well, you know, it's probably closer to ten, honestly. But when you're making, probably. yeah, at that time they were making twenty thousand units, so that's two hundred grand. Man, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's non-trivial. Non-trivial money. Uh, the other thing we're going to do, which probably a lot of people are a lot more interested in, uh, the table in depth for this time is Big... No, not Big Shot. Adam's Family. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going nuts. I mean, you're nuts. Uh, I can't play that table. I can't help you with that at all. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to scream now. Um, obviously, we've been waiting for this for three years, and I think some people probably started uh, asking for it before the game was even out. Yes, it really is the Adams family. Um, really, uh, everyone's worried about the Fester head. He looks fine. Um, yep. If, if you if you really stare at a side by side, you can see it. Other than that, who cares? If it, if you're looking at that area of the table, you're trying to make sure the ball's not going between the flippers. Is what you're doing. At least what you should be doing. Not worrying about what his his eyes look like. Or his wrinkles. Uh, Who cares? Wrinkles, yeah. It's, yeah. Fester. It's, it's, it's not like he got replaced with, you know, Julia Roberts or something. I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> that would be more <laughs> scary. It, it, <laughs> it really would be. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is fester enough that you're not going to be questioning that it's not fester. I mean, that it's, yeah. I think they did a really good job with the look of it. It's, it's Uncle Lester. Uncle Lester. <laughs> I attribute... I almost think it's it's... It's almost the same thing with on taxi with the difference between you know having a Marilyn and having uh, a Lola. Lola. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you it know, really it, no, not in the least. Um, so just uh, in, in general, they got it mostly correct. Um, it it is it's still it, it, they definitely did better with it than they did Twilight Zone because I was worried because it's kind of the same era table Lawler style and it's just like please please don't let this be as easy as Twilight Zone because then I might have to like go and cry in a room for days and and 
weep for the future yeah. of humanity or something. Um, they did capture its cruelty. The real Admiral's family is not exactly a friendly table. Um, it doesn't have a ball save, and it is really prone to throwing things in the outlane just because it feels like it. Um, yeah. It's a lot of people's like, oh, Adam's family. I've heard all about this table, and they're like, this thing's evil. I'm like, yeah, it's it's uh-huh. pretty tough. That being said, they, there's there's two main areas on the table where things are probably a little too easy. Uh, the train wreck shot. It's not that it's hard to make, and it isn't hard to make on the real table. That's why the jackpot's there, and not the super jackpot. The problem is on a real table, that's kind of meant to be a sucker shot. Uh, what it's supposed to do is it'll come back down from that, usually bounce somewhere in between the right upper right flipper in the swamp, and then go into the center drain. Um, mm. On TIF, or on TPA, it does the first part of that, and then it lands pretty much on the right flipper all the time. Um, I don't know if they deliberately tuned it that way, or if that's just how the physics came out, but... I, I just remember, because we have lots of Adams families on location here, and they're all kind of different, uh, which we'll get into that later, but almost all of them, that train wreck shot, is, as soon as you realize it's hit that, you're like, okay, okay, nudge, 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 <laughs> because it's just like, you, you know where that thing is going to try to go, and you just don't have that sense of danger in TPA, so that that's a little, you know, that's a minor issue. The vault shot, though... Hitting the vault on a real table is really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it likes to hit the post on the side of the ramp. It likes to hit the little posts on the vault itself. It likes to hit the bookcase. It I mean, you have to have really lined up shot for it to go in there. And it it has, it's a, it's a threading the needle shot. I mean, yeah, yeah. and it has to be fairly high powered too because that vault yeah. that hole's almost to the back of the table. Exactly. It's not like you can yeah. just kind of like lays it up there it's it's you you gotta put some oomph in it um it's it's pretty hard to do from a caught ball just because you don't really have the momentum to get up there um tpa you can pretty much hit the vault whenever you damn well feel like it um Mm -hmm. now the other thing i've noticed and i don't know if this is the collision detection or if this is a side effect of the vault being made easier but you get a lot of dirty pool a lot of dirty pool, um, which thankfully the ROM does understand, and it, it will start the <laughs> multi-ball process up. They they got that part in, so they're using the right ROM. But the um, yeah, I've done that once on a real table, and you know that's that's one of my favorite machines. So pretty much any time I'm at CP Pinball, I'm usually playing at least a couple games while I'm there. It, it's one of those things that wasn't even intended to be in the game. It's just they happened to do it during testing, and everybody thought, this is really cool, we should have a soundbite for it. And I guess when they went through the lines of the movie, they, they heard the dirty pool line, and like, oh, this is awesome, it works perfectly. It shouldn't be doing that at all. Um, so if, you, if you're getting dirty pool and TPA, don't expect to be doing that on the real one. Do you think that's where they got the, the dirty pool um, idea for Attack from Mars, where you have a, a trap ball in the um, uh, the saucer zone and you tap it in yes. through kinetic? Yes, that is where it, that's where it came from. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a it's a tribute to the Adams family one. Nice, um, Sean. What about the uh, the electric chair shot? Because for me, when I've when I ever I'd played the real one, that always seemed like the sucker shot. That was like you know. 
you go for that and you're almost guaranteeing yourself a center drain, yet in TPA it's uh, off the left flipper, you can pretty much nail it at will. Do you feel that on the on the real machine that that shot is uh, much more uh, dangerous? Um, if you've got the big Papa-style posts there, yes. <laughs> um, on a normal <laughs> machine, the right flipper to the electric chair, yes, that's a death shot. The left flipper from the electric chair should be extremely easy. Okay. Um, in fact, that's we're going to talk about that later. That is how you grind out toward the mansion if you need to do so and you can't take any risks getting there. Uh, but yeah, that the left flipper to electric chair is is literally straight up and down, um, and it's not far at all. Um, honestly, that's probably the safest shot at the table. Yeah. Um. Now, if you miss it from the left flipper somehow, um, yeah, you know, if you if you hit it right and or if you hit it left and it happens to either graze that bumper that's there or if it lands on the slingshot bad things can happen but the actual shot itself isn't deadly okay so just getting back to uh just the general state of the real tables um now some of you the readers at this point are readers i keep thinking about the <laughs> listeners and, unless you're one of those like strange people who can like see sounds and and hear colors and type of that if you're one of those people blockade podcast like, for your transcripts for the braille edition <laughs> yes <laughs> Well, we don't want to exclude anyone here. But the, uh, because for some reason, the blind person can't listen to the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got all your bases covered. <laughs> I, I, anyway. Um, you're ex- you should expect this by now, mate. <laughs> I, I, I do, but not in the middle of Litz. Litz is usually the most orderly section. I guess you're going to bombard it. <laughs> Invade. I, I get it. We have to derail oh. you at some point, right? But the uh, so anyway, the, the Adams family is the real tables. Um, some tables. I mean, obviously, if you've got a flipper coil going out or the things you know covered in and in two inches of mud or or something like that, it's not going to play the same. But most tables, you know, there's going to be some minor differences based on maintenance and cleanliness and all that kind of stuff. Adam's family changes character completely. Um, if your flippers are even slightly weak, you're going to have trouble with those ramps um, and the vault shot, just because they're such huge distances. Um, they're about the same distance as Twilight Zone's ramp shots are. Um, so you're talking, you know, pretty much the entire length of the cabinet. If you're table isn't clean um what's gonna happen is you're gonna start getting especially near that upper right flipper any kind of disturbance in the um the levelness of the surface there is gonna really change the character of the jackpot and the left ramp shots or excuse me the train wreck and the left ramp shots to the point where you can you know if you've learned the timing on one table and you move to a different one it may be completely different um especially if you're doing the four-way combo where you're you you're the ball just came screaming up through the bumpers and around that can get really ugly at times because you're used to it arriving at a certain time and it arrives quite a bit later or earlier usually later um so by that point your flipper's coming back down the ball shoots through and it goes straight in the center drain um 
which is another shot not to take on a real Adams family. I don't care how brightly the advanced X insert is shining through the bumpers. You will not take that shot uh, <laughs> because it will go screaming through much faster than it does in TPA. And um, usually what happens if you hit it late, you will catch it just on the tip of the flipper. You will actually shoot it down to the left, straight into the left outlane from the upper right flipper. I can't tell you how many times I've done that because I was greedy and went for it. Um, Just hold your right flipper out. Let it bounce safely. It will usually either hit cousin it or just descend to the lower left flipper where you can trap it. Um, Now, if you're in Papa A, do what you want. But for me, I... results will vary. Yeah, I, I, I just... It's too fast of a shot. Now, part of it might be I'm not good at upper flipper shots in general. Um... Yeah, Funhouse, Whirlwind, and Adam's Family, they all have that upper flipper to some ramp or, or trap door or something. Um, and I, for whatever reason, just am not the greatest at hitting those. The piano is a little different in Twilight Zone because it's a lot shorter shot, and it's there's a conveniently... A lot shorter flipper. A lot shorter flipper. A lot, it's a lot slower, too, especially if the magnet up there is grab the ball. Yeah. But um, you don't have things screaming through like you do in the other ones. Um, but yeah, just expect that if you're going up to an unfamiliar Adams family, expect that it might play completely different than the one you're used to. Um, especially if yours was completely shopped out and, and maintained meticulously, and this one's you know suffered some neglect. Um, it's gonna change a lot on you. So now that you're playing the Adams family, uh, what are you gonna go for? There's basically two schools of thought. And uh, Bowen does a good job in covering this, covering this as well in his uh, Papa tutorial. So if you want a visual demonstration, go there. Um, he actually plays two separate games and covers each strategy separately. Uh, you basically have two things to do on, a, on an Adams Family. You can go for multi-ball or you can go for the mansion. Um, the modes really, I mean, they're there for entertainment purposes. They don't really add enough to the score to, to matter. Um some of them can be kind of interesting. We'll cover them, but really, you're you're going to go for either the bookcase or the the electric chair ninety percent of the time. Multi ball has the advantage that you can do it more often. It's much faster to get the five hits on the bookcase and the three locks than it is to to actually go through the mansion rooms. The other thing is, uh, multi ball doesn't get locked out at the end of each successful tour of the mansion, um, so you don't necessarily have to build up a huge stockpile of extra balls to do it. Um. The downside of this is the shot to make the jackpot is one of Lawler's trademark upper flipper to left ramp disasters. And uh, the power is running. Um, The power being those three magnets that are underneath the table um, that are actually on a little uh, on a little kind of frame and the the ROM fires them at at alternating um, alternating times it's supposed to from what i understand it's supposed to give the impression that the magnet's on a wheel and it's spinning around it doesn't actually do that there's nothing moving under there it just is three magnets and it pulses them at different times to kind of create the illusion of a of a spinning magnet um the power in tpa is quite strong um it is possible to find real machines with the power that strong usually it is not um 
the only time I've ever encountered a power quite that evil on a real machine is when somebody had really high line voltage. Um, again, it's kind of like ah. Twilight Zone's power field, where the strength of the the uh, higher your line voltage coming into the machine, the, the more powerful the magnets get. Um, so if your power is anemic, you might want to check your voltage coming in because you may have an issue there or somewhere in the uh, the power distribution boards. So basically what you do with the multiball, um, hit your bookcase. Um, you can do it from either flipper. Um, the right flipper one's kind of an interesting shot because that slingshot tip is kind of in the way. Um, on a real machine, I th- if the ball's coming down and it has some spin on it, you can sometimes get it to kind of like curve back up there. I don't know if you could really do it on TPA. I usually just shoot from the left. Um, the other thing you can do on a real machine is if it's um, angled right and the, the, the right upper flipper is sharp, you can actually hit the bookcase from the upper flipper. Um, you can either just barely graze it, because it's not actually a target. If you look at the bookcase itself, there's actually an opto under there. Um, kind of, un- you know, The bookcase kind of leans out a bit and there's an overhang, it's actually detecting whether the ball's blocking the light going down underneath that bookcase. So you don't actually have to hit anything. You just have to get the ball to to, to travel there. Um, so you can kind of just barely graze it by with the right upper flipper, or um, if you like to live dangerously, you can smash the ball into Cousin It as hard as you can and hope that it bounces back into the bookcase. Um, I don't recommend that because if you miss, again, you might be heading for the left out lane or, you know, otherwise just have a general out of control ball. But, you know, you do have options for that. Um, left flipper, lower left flipper shots are pretty safe. Um, obviously I'm pay attention to what it's doing. You may have to make a, a nudge, but usually it's not too much of a deal to get the bookcase open. The first one, your choice of the electric chair thing or the vault um, go for thing. He's the easiest thing to hit. Just shoot it up that little mini ramp um, where the extra ball is located and uh, do it that way. The second time, um, you can either do a good thinking by putting it in the swamp by just soft plunging, or you can try for the skill shot and thing will pick it up again for you. Um, whether you do the skill shot kind of depends on whether you found the skill shot on a real table. It's a little more variable than it is in TPA. Again, depending on the strength of your plunger and the cleanliness of the the plunging track and all that fun stuff. Once you find it, though, it doesn't tend to move. So, and then the third one, I usually just get a trap on the left flipper and shoot it up into the electric chair. Um, the second and later multi balls, you have to do it in the vault. Um, so again, that which strategy you go for kind of depends on how you feel about that vault shot. If it's one where you know you can make it multi-ball becomes more attractive if the vault is being impossible to hit you may want to look at the mansion actually playing the multi-ball um really it's like a lawler thing get the balls up to the upper flipper and pray and it there's more prayer than usual because you might think that the ball's below or oh, it's going to land on my flipper and then the power will take it and throw it somewhere else um it really is um dicey the ideal thing is to get some trapped on the left flipper however with the power running there and 
the uh, the inlanes are usually pretty fast on Adam's family, so you can't just like trap up and expect it to stay on the flipper because it usually doesn't. Usually will roll off the edge. It's. I wish I had better advice for you there, but you can even watch Bowen when he's doing it, and it's it's one step below sheer chaos. Uh, it's quite fun. Um, I, I love the table for that, but trying to actually get um, you know lots of jackpots is is kind of tricky. If you do get a lot, uh, the j- first jackpot, either the train wreck one or the the actual double jackpot on the left, um, you have to start shooting into the vault while the power is running. Um, the best way I found to do this is generally you sacrifice the third ball somewhere so that it doesn't get in your way. Try to keep one on the right flipper trapped. Wait for it to come down on the, the other one to come down on the left. Try to trap it too, and hold your flippers up for 10 seconds. Uh, whenever the power is running, if you hold the flippers up for 10 seconds, the power will shut off. Um, oh. I believe the reason for this is so that the magnets don't um, overheat or, or you know, otherwise do untoward things. But it will actually shut off the power until you hit a switch again. So you can use this when multi-ball starting, when you're trying to do the release shot. You can use this during seance. You can do this during multi-ball itself. Um, and actually, seance's timer will even stop for you while the status report's going on. So you don't even have to worry about losing time, really. Um, so try it when you have your next Adams Family experience, and you, uh, you might find yourself getting a lot farther than you used to. Um, really, that's about it for the multi-ball. You know, just keep hitting that bookcase, keep hitting that left ramp, and do what you can about the power. The mansion, which is the way I usually play, because, again, I suck at the vault and the left ramp shots, um, really just involves getting the ball trapped on the left flipper, shoot it up into the electric chair, get it back down on the flipper, shoot it up the bear kick ramp, either... Trap it on the right and do a post-pass. Post-passing is really easy on Adam's family. The, the slingshots are pretty close together. Or somehow, you know, use some safe method of getting it back to your left flipper. The bear kick, r- 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 bear kick ramp will have relit the electric chair. Repeat 12 times. 13 if you're on a gold. Um, it sounds boring as hell, but it's kind of like, you know, Lyman's Lament and Monster Bash. If you, you really want to get there, you just kind of grind it out. Um, you don't generally play the modes. Um, seance you definitely don't play because the power is running, um, and that's really dangerous. Mamushka and Cousin It, um, there's a there's a school of thought there that says, you know, take the right orbit shot and see if you can drop it into the bumpers and get lots of points. Um, the bumpers aren't quite as bad as they are on Twilight Zone, but they do have a habit of that lowest one. There's a, the, the, there's a group of five bumpers for the graveyard, which is this is the only table I know of that has a group of five instead of a group of three. But the um, that lowest one, if it gets hit just on the right section, has a nasty habit of kicking it off into the right outline. Um, so you want to keep an eye out for that and nudge if you need to. Um, I, mean, others- I think ultimately with, with the touring the mansion... The thing is, is it's uh, you score the you score the the window whether you complete the mode or not, right. and it's them. not nearly as uh, I think he refined it when it came time for Ripley's, where you actually, actually do something. actually scoring the points. <laughs> well, no, but I mean actually scoring the points winds up being of benefit 
as it adds up the bonus. Um, oh, for the, the supercontinent jackpot. Right, for the supercontinent. And there is no supercontinent. It's just, hey, here's your $50 million for doing the tour of the mansion. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, the tour of the mansion is more just, well, yeah, let's just fill up the windows. But I don't uh, – so many things are risky about it. It's more to me about just surviving it. Um, well, I mean, the other thing that happens during – I mean, there's some modes that you can't get to otherwise. Like the two multiballs are in there. The, the thing multi-ball and the quick multi-ball, um, which can be good value. Again, it's shooting the vault, so it depends on you know how you feel about that on your particular table. Um, the the thing I, I I think I like about it though is you're you're taking a safe shot most of the time. You're either shooting the electric chair from the left flipper, which is about as safe as you're going to get, or you're shooting the bear kick ramp from the again from the left flipper. Um, you can basically trap the ball on the right and either post pass it or give it a little nudge. Um, just a tiny little nudge on the bottom right of the cabinet will usually get it to hop over to left. Um, I would not play this way for fun. Um, but uh, for a tournament, yeah, I'd be playing that way. I would definitely be playing that way. Um, and have. Um, usually can manage 80 to 100 million without too much fuss that way. Which, I mean, yeah, it's not going to win me the... If, if I'm playing against the A division, it's not going to win me it, but I'm not going to come in last. Where you come in last in competition, Adam's family, is somebody who tried to get the multi-ball going and either failed or didn't get any jackpots while he was in there. And then he's left with the whole mansion on ball three, and he doesn't have an alternate strategy for, for getting it. Or, you know, somebody who's just who's playing modes they shouldn't be playing, like Seance or... or um, Tunnel hunt, I don't care for either, because um, you have to shoot the swamp, which <laughs> looks safe, and it, it kind of the machine kind of dupes you into thinking it's safe because the ball tends to fly in there on its own a lot, um, just from bouncing off slingshots and, and other things. It can be that the problem is if you miss it too low, you're going on the right outline. And if you miss it too high, you're going to hit one of the Swamp Millions targets, and I can't really tell you where the ball's going to go after that. Um, you know, it's it's that again, it's that side to side motion that's so deadly on pinball machines. You're you're taking a, basically with a horizontal shot, and you you know you really shouldn't be doing that. You should be you know, it's it's just risk reward. And again, everybody you know has their different ways of playing. I know people who make that shot all day long. I know people who do well with the multi-ball. Um, it's really just a matter of finding what works for you. Um, kind of one of the nice things about Adam's Family is you, it does at least give you a choice. It's not something like... Um, well, the extreme example is a Bride of Pinbot, where you know there's the billion shot, and that's your game. Um, and certain other games where everything is, yeah, yeah, there might be other stuff on the table, but yeah, there's really only one true stat, true, bleh, one true strategy for getting a high score. Adam's family, at least you got options, which I think is why I like the table. If I feel like multiball and, and chaos, I can do that. If I feel like playing a slower game with the mansion, I can do that too. Um, kind of moving along here because I know I'm I'm run, rambling on. Uh, the oh, thing, we did. Yeah, the thing. <laughs> It's Adam's family. It deserves a big one. We've only waited three years for this. Um, Just so long as your explanation doesn't take three years. No. We're almost at the end, actually. Um, 
the thing about Tableau, uh, there was actually a discussion on this in the forum. Uh, basically, with you know, when the thing multi-ball starts, there's a countdown that um, the hurry up that goes off at that thing. The fastest way of getting him there, well, I mean, if you if you spotted it from bear kick, your ball's going to be at the right flipper already. So just take the damn shot and you know, twirl your mustache at glee that you're going to play a, a vault multi-ball for 15 million. Um, if it's coming out of the electric chair, normally, I, I just a, a very fine nudge. It's it's not any force. You. you you barely are aware that you're even hitting the machine right as the ball makes contact with the lower flipper. We'll make it um, bounce over trap, aim, shoot, uh, depending on how fast you can do the aim and shoot part. You can pretty easily get high 13 millions on it, um, which means your ensuing multi-ball will be, have, you know, the vault will be lit for 13 million. Um, try and practice. It's something you need to practice a little bit, but once you get the hang of it, you, there's no reason why you should ever, you know, settle for a, a thing multi-ball under 13 million. Um, Mamushka and Cousin It, if multi-ball is about to go and you see that the door panel is lit, take your door panel, then go into multi-ball. Obviously, all those switch hits will be great for your Mamushka and Cousin It. Um, that's pretty much it. The gold table, if you should be so happy to find one on, where it's publicly playable... Um, most of the gold tables obviously went to collectors, but if you should happen to find one on location, it really doesn't change how you play. Um, basically, you're going to have super seance instead of seance about half the time, which it's still risky. I know it's an extra $5 million a shot, but I, I still think it's too risky to, to, to really worry about. Um, all the stuff with the Cousin It's hideout is all random, so there's really nothing you can do um, about it. The only thing that it does do for you is does kind of tilt the, the multi-ball or mansion equation a little further you know, toward the mansion side, just because there's going to be some extra points there. And the 3 million, um, instead of being linked with the 6 million award, actually becomes a separate thing, and in addition to the 3 million, it gives you a random other room. Which it can give you a random other room that you have already done. Um, which, on one hand, sucks because it makes you farther from the mansion. On the other hand, if it gives you something like Cousin It again, or um, one of the multi-balls again, that can be really nice. Because it's basically, here, have some points. Have some more points. Have lots of points. It will not give you the extra ball twice. Um, so don't hold out thinking it's going to do that. Any other questions now that I have exhaustively covered the Adams family? Probably I've put my readers... Uh, readers. I keep thinking this is the... I'm, I'm Just ignore me. I'm in a different... Uh, apparently in a different plane of existence right now. Because <laughs> you're lost in the zone. I am. <laughs> apparently <laughs> quite good at this. I can't find my way back out. I don't think we have any other questions because you pretty much have exhausted absolutely every <laughs> facet of this table. <laughs> I tried yeah, to that was pretty comprehensive. I think the biggest takeaway for me was being able to disable the power when you want. You have the power over the power. Sad. Yep, that is nice. Yeah, it's cool. And it does it fast enough that you can't uh, be dinged in tournament play for delay of game, because it disables in 10 seconds and you get 30. Ah. Now, that being said, in a casual game, if you're doing that every shot and it's a multiplayer game, people are going to get a little pissed at you. So <laughs> consider your audience. Mm. 
Well, I think with that, we are going to uh, wind up shutting the door. And as usual, we like Jared to close us out. Jared, this time, I would like you to be a drunken farmer preventing the guys from touching his daughter as he wants them to shut the door. Oh, man. Okay. So, a drunken farmer. Yes. Stopping the guys from touching his daughter. Yes, he doesn't want them to touch his daughter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, oh dear. Um, hey there, you don't touch my door to I'm in the door. You get on out. <laughs> <laughs> Is that about right? I don't know. I, don't... <laughs> I, I, I think that's as close as a city boy in Australia is going to get to a drunken farmer. We'll take An it. An American farmer, well, by the way. An American, yeah, a drunken American farmer. Yeah, right. <laughs> As usual, putting Jared on the spot. Hey, um, I love it. I'm up for the challenge. I love making myself look like a tool. On the <laughs> you know, it's what I do. So, uh, Blockade had its first tournament of the month, and uh, I think everybody had a relatively good time, except for Sean, who couldn't be bothered to join. Um, yeah, what's up with that, man? Yeah, Sean, why didn't you play, huh? I mean, Jared, you know, he, he's in Australia at funky hours for when the tournament's running. He played, and Anna he played, and... Anna still played. Bonzo so played. My own. You're too busy playing ACDC and Twilight Zone. Yeah, that was, I mean, well, no, ACDC. The Twilight Zone is still in pieces. Oh, that's right. I don't know that it's ever going to be put back together, unfortunately. I may have to call a pinball doctor. So anyway, we had our uh, tournament of the month. We had, uh, I believe, 28 players that played. Good time was had by all. We are having it once again this coming month, end of uh, March, March 28th. It'll be from the hours of uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so do the math, figure it out there yourselves. If you would like to join in on the tournament, you may do so by signing up on March on a Wednesday which would be the 25th. Uh, that's when signups will uh, open. If, for some reason, you don't happen to sign up in time, but you uh, realize it on Saturday, you're like, oh, I want to play in this, you may go ahead and post your scores. What we'll be doing is we'll be taking those scores as alternates because what happened this last time was some people that signed up didn't wind up actually playing, and that kind of screwed up the, uh, the groupings that we had um, for scoring purposes. So... If you want to do that, we will go ahead and uh, fill in the blanks where needed um, so you can feel like you joined in. Um, depending on how many people do additional scoring, you know, we might be able to squeeze more people in. We will see what's up with that. Um, so we'll call that wild cards, right? They're like yeah, random wild, wild cards. cards. Alternates. Waiting mm-hmm. list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because what we're doing is we are doing this as a uh, um, each month you're going to be scoring points. Those points are cumulative. They will add up for the entire season. Our season is going to be six months in length at which point we will start up a new season. Um, but we'll keep on going with the tables of the week. We're not going to start repeating any tables of the week until we've actually gone through them all. Um, that being said, our winners for this past tournament... So do I have to start calling you commissioner now? Uh, no. <laughs> He's the commish. Not so much. Because <laughs> I'm actually... I don't know if the commissioner plays himself or not, but... Uh, hey, was it, wasn't the, didn't the commish have a shaved head, too? Uh, yes, the commission did have uh, Michael Chiklis, yes. Well, now we have to call him that. <laughs> the commission. So coming in uh, first place on uh, our recent tournament was uh, Viking Eric. And second place was Gus. 
And in third place was Eldar of Suburbia. They won some groovy avatars. They have proudly posted on the uh, fan page. Uh, one Which was in gold. Really nice, by the way. I was they quite impressed. Do. See, it makes yeah, everybody nice. jealous. And uh, there will be a new because uh, there is actually say February 2015 because that's what the uh, date of that tournament was. So there will be new ones for the month of March. So you can win your own. Also, uh, and they are they do look pretty uh, pretty groovy. I was happy with them. Now the tournament uh, has its own dedicated sub form now too. So yes, and that was organized. the other thing to point out. So it is all organized. Uh, the tournament info, everything you need to know, it is under the table of the week's tournaments form. That is where everything is listed. And if you have any questions about how the actual tournament or table of the week uh, run. There is a thread called Everything You Need to Know About Blockade's Tournament of the Week and Tournament of the Month. Or Table of the Week and Tournament of the Month, excuse me. Um, I've tried to answer every possible question you can think of. It will be edited as new questions are uh, announced or whatever. The main thing to know about that is we have permanent links to the sign-up sheet and to the uh, scoring page that you uh, log into to log in your scores. Those will not change. They will stay the same month to month. We close them uh, until such time as they are open, and then once the term is over, they get closed again, so you can't uh, just, you know... If you went and checked them out right now, they would say that they are closed, but uh, like I said, on those dates, on that Wednesday and then on the Saturday, the uh, sign-ups and the scoring sheet will be open. Also of note is one of the forum members from Pinball Arcade fans, by the name of Joe Cool, is living up to his very name, he was a Kickstarter uh, funder. He got extra uh, Adams Family tables. He wants to donate one of those to our tournament. So, wow. if you, I know. So, if you sign up for the tournament uh, and you so choose to, there is a uh, box that we're saying if you uh, want to participate or not. Uh, we'll be doing a random drawing, and you will win Adams Family table for a platform of your choice. And Joe Cool will be the one that uh, will uh, let Farsight know your email address and give that to you. So that is very, very cool of him. We totally appreciate that. Um, if anybody else decides that, hey, this is a cool thing that you would, you know, like to donate a table to the cause, um, please get a hold of us, PM uh, myself, or you can talk to us on Twitter, whatever, let us know, and uh, we can make arrangements. We'll even let you decide how you want to give it out as a prize if you so choose. So, those are all reasons why you want to get your butt over to the uh, Film Arcade fans, play Table of the Week, join in on the Terminal of the Month, have a good time. Everybody did really have a good time. We're, uh, this next tournament, eliminating extra balls so that uh, we can get rid of even some more of the grinding that might take place. We tried doing that with just eliminating you to having only two plays, but as uh, our top three winners showed, they could go a long time, <laughs> even with only two tries on a table. So, um, oh, and I'll you're, also you're, point- just, you're just lucky it didn't pick Twilight Zone or Scared Stiff for. for <laughs> oh, no. They're yeah. well, they'd still be playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they only have twelve hours. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we we do have a limit on these things, and there was I was. Uh, I was on the chat room, and the chat room actually totally picked up during the tournament. People were coming in because they wanted to talk about you know what was going on. So uh, 
make sure you check out the chat room while the tournament is going on because it uh, was active. Um, one of our players, players uh, lounge. Yeah, they was basically it was the players' lounge. Uh, v. Palmer was in there, and he was uh, <laughs> he was playing on some table for I don't know which one. It was probably Attack from Mars, going for some god awful point. And he paused the game and went into the chat room. He's like, "I should probably quit playing this table and squeeze in the others because he only had like an hour left uh, before scoring <laughs> yeah, yeah. was shut." <laughs> so, oh man, um, I think I went right up to the wire with my AFM as well. I was going, "Oh, oh it's the weekend. I got things, but I got to, I got to do yeah. it. I set the time, man. It was close." <laughs> Yeah, so um, anyway, it's totally worth Everybody had, a, I mean, like I said We got nothing but positive feedback Everybody was having a good time doing it uh, Nobody was being jerks and cheating And anything of that nature So I totally encourage everybody to To join in, even Sean Yeah, Sean <laughs> Okay hey, You yeah. know what, Sean? You're, you're not entirely uh, the only one that, uh, that hosed us like that Because two of the... Uh, Yes, yes, host us because you know we needed players. Um, no, two of the guys from uh, Farsight they signed up and they didn't play either. So, uh, Flippy Floppy Boo. and uh, John, um, or excuse me, Mike Lindsay. Yeah, you guys. Next time you sign up, you better play. Okay, just saying, calling you out. I, yeah. I at least you know didn't sign up. I I didn't mislead you. Sure, <laughs> right. was. I was in, in the same group as Flippy Floppy on three tables. So thank you very much, Flippy. <laughs> Three plates. <laughs> nice one. Oh, I don't know if there's much else we can uh, discuss here other than uh, I've got jury duty this week. Anybody know how I can uh, convince them not to put me on a jury? Well, uh, here in Australia, we just uh, get our employer to write a, a letter to them saying, no, you're critical to the business, and um, you get out of it. And yeah, that doesn't work so <laughs> much for a freelancer like myself. Have a doctor write you a note that you're not mentally capable or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you know, well, that's no, that's your excuses for getting out of it. Um, California is they've man, have they buckled down on that? They don't let hardly any excuse fly anymore. Um, I was supposed to actually go a couple of months ago, and I kind of completely blanked on it. And I accepted work for that day. And while I was at work, it was like, oh, I was supposed to be a jury you today. I was like, well, yeah, as if I was going to you know, go earn my $15 as opposed to you know, earn my full rate <laughs> for a yeah. day of uh, working on a film crew. So uh, this time I don't have any excuse. I have to go in there. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, do I just call you into the jury box to see if you want to be on the jury? Or do I pull no, I the... Wear an offensive T-shirt. They won't even let you in the courtroom if you're uh, wearing a T-shirt. You got to be, I believe, a collared shirt. Yeah. Wow, wear an offensive collared shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah, certain uh, colors that would. Yeah, I, I, I really don't want to be offensive. held in contempt. Yeah, pop those colors. Salmon, go with salmon. That's offensive to damn near anyone. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the excuse of not speaking the language. As the last time I went to jury duty, and uh, there was a gal there that was doing that, and it was so clearly obvious that she did speak the language, but she was just playing stupid. <laughs> hey, hang on, You're, you have to wear a suit. Is that what you have to wear to no, jury duty? No, no, okay. just a, it just has to be a shirt with collar and just long something pants. that respects the dignity of the court. Exactly. Exactly. So not your birthday suit. No, no. <laughs> I think you're, you'll be in court for a different reason then. <laughs> That's right. So the, the the best one that I ever did was um, I've only been actually usually when I've gone in for jury duty, I never even make it out of the waiting room. Um, 
like my name never gets called, and then they go, "Thank you for serving," and you know, I go home for the day. It's like woohoo! And then the last time I went, I actually did get called into the court, and I never got to leave because <laughs> I got put on a jury. Um, oh. And which wound up being a hung jury. So I'm hoping that if that's the case, I can say, "Oh yeah, our last one was a hung jury. We couldn't make any heads or tails of anything, and that'll you know discourage them from putting me on." But, well, with um, your luck, you'll probably end up like on an OJ case or something, and be tied up no, for like I, six months. <laughs> 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 Maybe I could write a book out of it. Um, yeah. No, my, my, my favorite, though, instance of doing jury duty was I'd gone in. So not only was I doing jury duty, but I also had to do traffic school. And so I was doing online traffic school while serving jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they let you bring in an a Internet-enabled device into the... Oh, uh... Not into the courtroom. No, this was in the in the waiting room. Oh, I thought you were like in the jury box. <laughs> I I can't just I can't see that flying. I'm sorry. He's over there on his smartphone playing Doodle Jump or something. You know. <laughs> I have seen uh, that. What, what was that? I'm sorry. I'm on an epic game of uh, of you know <laughs> pinball pinball arcade here. So. <laughs> and then you you suddenly just stand up and you see going oh. Oh, just all, 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 all of a sudden, sorry. the thing unmutes itself, and the little guy from Cactus Canyon goes, "Lock is lit, and <laughs> so am I." <laughs> bailiff, <laughs> bailiff. Yeah. Oh, so that's what I have to look forward to. No win, yeah, not. <laughs> you can, you could just use movie quotes all the time with giving the quote and then saying. What movie from what year? I think you'd be sorted out. Oh, quite. that's asking. You have to answer all your questions in the form of a celebrity quote. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, he's right. unsuitable, Your Honor. He thinks he's all these movie stars. <laughs> he has a split personality. <laughs> oh, good advice, all of it. I will take it all to heart and uh, see what I can uh, throw down. Hopefully I'll, I'll get remember it. to uh, read the appropriate papers to see if you're at the uh, police blotter. <laughs> yeah, we don't want you to end up like in a straitjacket in the psych ward or something. You know, it's hard to run a tournament from a psych ward. <laughs> like I said, I've seen some of the other people that get questioned. I don't. Uh, you you have to go pretty far down the rabbit hole in order to get to get there. <laughs> well, this is California, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but. Anyway, hey guys, uh, I think uh, we can close the uh, the podcast here this time around. Uh, again, you may follow us on Twitter. I am at Shut Your Traps. Jared is at Jared Morgs. Bonzo is at Drexclown. The rest of them are not. If you can't follow <laughs> Twitter either. I, I don't do that either. Don't play tournaments. Don't do Twitter. Sorry. Uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, you know, check the Pinball Arcade fans' uh, website. You can always find us there. We are the mods, typically. And, uh... Yeah, we... <laughs> I'm not. Bonzo is not the mods. Bonzo is not the mods. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll make you an honorary mod. How's that sound? Aww. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Oh, nice. <laughs> For Jeff Strong... Bonzo, Jared Morg, Sean Don Carlos. I'm Shut Your Traps. This has been the Blockade Podcast. Goodbye, Earthlings. <laughs> get, re- get ready to drop the needle and uh, carve us some wax. <laughs> A retro podcast. <laughs> now in glorious analog sound. <laughs> you must tune your base to ours. 
<laughs> Go find Now available in your favorite record store. <laughs> in the bargain bin. <laughs> Wedged under that wobbly table. <laughs> Buy one, get five free. <laughs>